Hello and welcome to another episode and another season of How to Hot Girl. My name is Eleanor and I am here to talk to you about showing up as your highest self. We are here talking relationships, self-care, personal growth, confidence and everything that just makes you the hottest version of you. This show is for anyone who wants to be just a little bit hotter, just a little bit more themselves, just a little bit more confident and really anybody who just wants to have some self-development because I believe anybody can be a hot girly and it has been a hot minute since I last spoke about being a hot girly or hot person. So the last episode went up in June or end of May. End of May, I think, because I was speaking with my wonderful friend Darcy about having a hot girl summer before we went to Ibiza. And honestly, so much has happened since then. It is not my intention to be one of these podcasts where you're listening for like 10, 15 minutes before you actually get into the nitty gritty of the content. And the podcaster is just like talking about themselves. I don't really like that sort of setup. If that be like just listening to people chat, then... Fair enough, but for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to need to chat a bit about, well, my hot girl summer. So Darcy and I, we went to Ibiza. We had a wonderful time. It was amazing. It was lots of fun. Um, Very expensive, very beautiful, all things that you expect Ibiza to be. And then afterwards, I was working in Edinburgh still for about a month to save up. And I spent my last few weeks there doing things that I loved seeing my friends because that was the end of four years spent in Edinburgh and that was quite a sad time I don't really like change but you know when you quit your job and you graduate uni change is inevitable so then I graduated um, I graduated with English literature and history with honours so I was quite pleased with myself And that was a wonderful day with my family. My Australian family were here. Spent a few more weeks at home. And then I went to Australia. I just got back two weeks ago. And honestly, I had the time of my life. Plan was that my family, so my aunt and my uncle, they moved out to Perth, Western Australia, just over 10 years ago. And they were back this summer. They were back for the first time since COVID, which was really nice. My aunt came here in June and I surprised her at the airport and she was busy with her family. And then my uncle and my cousins joined her a few weeks later and they were here for my graduation in Edinburgh, which was a really, really nice day. And then I went back with them and I was so terrified because probably mentioned before, but I don't like flying. I really do not like flying. And that's as much flying as you can possibly do really and then I would stay with them do a little bit of backpacking and just have a good time emphasis on I went there to have a good time and I stayed with them in their lovely house in Perth for a couple of weeks jet lag sucked honestly it's worse when you're flying like ahead of time like if you're not going back towards the sun if that makes sense, like jet lag has sucked coming back, but it hasn't been as bad as arriving there. Like I wasn't getting to sleep until like three, four o'clock in the morning. Like it's pretty rough. 
Um, but you know, it was so worth it. So I was there for a couple of weeks and then I headed over to Sydney by myself, which again, you know, at least when I was coming over, I was with them. But I went to Sydney by myself. There was a bit of turbulence on the plane, but I did it. I actually made a friend on the plane as well. She was auditioning to be part of an orchestra in Sydney, I believe. And we got through the turbulence together. And I landed in Sydney and I was picked up from the airport by my mum's university flatmate, a lovely lady who she did exactly what I did. She went to Australia straight after graduation. And my mum was terrified because her friend did not go back. She is full-blown Aussie now. She's lived there for almost 40 years, although she probably wouldn't thank me to admit that. And I stayed with her and her wonderful family and her wonderful pets, a cat and a dog, nicest cat I've ever met, most affectionate cat I've ever met. And she showed me Sydney. And then I joined a tour group for two weeks, which was honestly just so terrifying. The first night was just so scary, but I think we were all scary too. It was with... um. G Adventures, I would totally recommend booking a tour with them. It was a big group, there was about 20 of us, um, aged between 18 and 30, and we went all the way up from Sydney to Cairns over two weeks, just over two weeks. And then I flew back to Perth and I was so in love with it that I decided to extend my trip for another six weeks. I moved into my own little flat by the beach, spending evenings there, watching the sunset. And then eventually I decided to come home. I did have the working holiday visa and I still do. So, you know, I might go back within the next year. We will see. Um, but my issue was, and what really helped make my decision whether or not to extend my trip again was like, I have a flight home booked. If I extend it again, because I booked with Trail Finders, I'd recommend booking through them as well if you're planning something similar. If I extend it again and again, and in, including insurance, like I'm essentially buying another flight. I'd be better to save that money, come home, do some reflecting, think about my next steps. And then if I want to go back, I can. So that was a big factor. My decision was like, okay, I actually do have a flight home. I haven't just booked a one-way ticket. Like, yeah. So I came home two weeks ago. And now I would like to discuss with you all the things that I learned while traveling. I think that the points I'm going to discuss are applicable wherever you're going. Naturally, if you're thinking about going to Australia on a working holiday, then yes, please do listen in. But otherwise, I think hopefully there's something in here for everyone because traveling, traveling is a scary experience. It's so great. And, you know, I have really pushed in this podcast. Life begins outside your comfort zone. And I have to practice what I preach. And I love doing that. I love trying new things. But I'm also, I'm a confident person. I'm a disciplined person. I'm a determined person, but I'm not a backpacker. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not a backpacker. I enjoy my home comfort. So those two weeks, just quick fire, whistle stop tour, going all the way up to Cairns, like that was enough for me. Like hostels, I've I've done them, you know, like, and I've heard some horror stories. Like I was actually quite lucky. Like I say, we were in a group for the whole way. And, you know, I got familiar with the people that I was with. We were on the same schedule. So, you know, no one was really inconvenienced. But like hostels are hostels aren't great. Obviously, there are some fun hostels, and if you are the type of person who enjoys that lifestyle, then fair play, I admire that. Me, no, 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 no. I enjoy my own space, and I did not have my own space for two weeks. I had to share my space with cockroaches and things like that. So you know, I've done it, and I'm pleased that I've done it, and it was a great experience on the whole. But I'm glad I don't have to do hostels now. 
So, you know, some of this will be applicable for when you're backpacking. Some of this will be applicable for maybe if you're setting settling down somewhere. But hopefully there's something here that you can take away. Main thing is, though, it's going to be learning by doing. You can listen to this all you want, but it's going to be learning by doing. So, yeah, when I was on my tour, the first thing, well, it wasn't really the first thing. It became evident over, you know, like, as we got to know each other in the group. We were all similar ages. I was about in the middle. The youngest was 19, I think, the oldest person in our group. I don't even know how old he was, to be honest. Like, he's one of these people who I was like, you're either, like, 24 or 36. Like, I genuinely have no clue. But um, I'd probably say, you know, relatively we're all peers. A lot. It was mostly girls. There were only, like, four boys in the group, I think. So, you know, mostly girls. Mostly girlies are now on the 20 mark. You know, no one... I think the oldest girl was like 29 so yeah we're all very similar and lots of us like this was the first time we'd done anything like this and you know the more you got talking to people the more it was like oh okay you're actually feeling really similar to I am so my first point is that everyone is in the same boat sometimes literally because there was a night on a boat and it was great it was around the Sundays, which was honestly so amazing but I did have to sedate myself that night because like I said I don't do that sort of thing I'm not very adventurous and a night on a boat like yeah yeah my friend was like Eleanor do you want a pill I was like yeah okay it was just like a calming measure but it was nice and I actually had the best night's sleep of the entire tour I had to be woken up we're all in the same cabin and the morning after literally the kitchen was right outside my bunk and my friend Hannah had to come and be like Eleanor you have to get up for breakfast now like I was out for the count it was bliss but yes, someone, everyone is in the same boat. Sometimes, literally. If you're scared about something, if you're nervous, if you're nervous about being in a, in a new place, nervous about meeting new people, nervous about doing new things, because yeah, night in a boat, again, that's a pretty new thing. Chances are someone else's. Chances are you'll have a point of connection there that you can take advantage of. And it's just kind of nice as well. Like, we were all in the same boat. None of us had really done hostels before. We were all, you know very far away from home and that was actually really nice to find that okay yeah we can build a relationship on that like the first night we were in Sydney um I was so nervous and again it just wasn't very me like I went out and I was wearing like hoodie and like cagoule and like waterproof because again Sydney's a very cosmopolitan city but when you're backpacking like I had a rucksack I obviously didn't have my nice things with me and it's just like I didn't feel like me like I did, I was very much out of my comfort zone, but you know, then after a glass of wine or two, don't have to have that, but that helped me, you know, just a little bit of Dutch courage to start opening up, talking to people, learning about their experiences, why they were there. And I was like, okay, yeah, we're all here for similar reasons. And that's pretty good. I also had the most awkward start to the tour. Like I say, I was in Sydney beforehand. I was staying with my mum's friend. We were having the best time. And the tour, this was one critique I had. I actually had a few critiques of G Adventures. I, you know, I would still recommend them. They're a great, great company. The tour, the way it was scheduled was amazing. I enjoyed, you know, having similar age range. But yeah, the first thing that irked me was like, they didn't tell me when to go to the hostel. It literally said, show up at any time. So that me and my friend, we were kind of like, mm, maybe, maybe after tea, have your tea and then go. So yeah, sure. I was the last person to arrive. They were literally all downstairs. I walk into the hostel and they're like, are you Eleanor? All 19 of them, including the tour guide. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and they're like oh okay we're just waiting for you we're gonna head out for dinner now so like literally right you know right in the deep end and they were all lovely of course but when you walk into a room and everybody's waiting on you like yeah it's a bit daunting it is slightly daunting now for my second point i'm going to reiterate something i've already mentioned in this episode and in others but is that life begins outside of your comfort zone i knew this already but i liked experiencing it so i started this year for context well i ended last year i had a breakup um i kind of wanted to do i'm always doing self-development and personal growth like i love that stuff but you know after a breakup it's like right okay let's crank this up a gear because otherwise i'm just gonna cry all day and um, so the first thing i did was i book, booked a flight to london to see my cousin and like i've said i don't like flying so i booked a flight and i did it myself and again i did use a glass of wine to help me do that or several anyway but that was me getting out my comfort zone I was like right okay i am going to go to london and i'm going to do this by myself and i'm going to fly i'm going to confront my fear obviously then went to Australia, flew to Sydney. So, you know, incrementally getting better, overcoming my fears, really. Because um, obviously now that at the time that I'm recording this, I have flown back from the other side of the planet. So to think that at the beginning of the year, I was scared to do a silly little Ryanair flight, one hour Edinburgh to London. And I was like, I flew back 25 hours by myself through international airports. No biggie. It's just, it is what it is. And I can do it now. And I'm so proud of myself for overcoming all of that. But I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't gone outside my comfort zone. And I didn't really like the tour to begin with. I was having an amazing time with my mum's friend. She was showing me the sites. I was getting like a full tour guide experience. And then we started the tour and the first day was kind of like, oh, do what you want. I'm really not selling this tour. I know that I said like I would really recommend it, but I'm really not selling it right now. Um, And to me, that was kind of underwhelming because I'd had such like a jam-packed schedule before and I'd seen so much that it was kind of like, oh, you know, I thought you'd offer maybe a little bit more insight as to what we could do. They obviously had suggestions and things, but also like the weather wasn't great. It was like the Australian winter, but like, do you know what I mean? There was just so many things I was like a bit meh. So it wasn't until we moved to our first stop, which was a surf camp called Arawara, where, you know, things got really cool and I got to do surfing for the first time. And yeah, that's something that was really out of my comfort zone because surfing, if you think about it, it's quite a dangerous sport. The surfing in itself, like, that's actually quite tame. Like, but when you think about the water and, like, moving with the waves, like, that's that's terrifying. Like, you have to have your wits about you. Like, we had, like, an hour and a half of them telling us all the safety things, yada, yada, yada. Um, and basically, like, the main takeaway was, like, don't muck around in the water, essentially. Like, this is what you do if you get into trouble because, you know, you can drown or you can get seriously injured. The surfing in itself, that's fine. Worst part is standing up and looking a bit like an idiot. If you want to just ride it out, ride it out. But yeah, you need to be you need to be safe. And I did it and I stood up and I stood up twice and it was so cool. And I can say that I've done that now. So, you know, also, you know, like I've mentioned, the night on the boat, not my cup of tea typically. No, I don't like being crammed in a confined space with, well, because there was crew as well with about 25 other people for 27 hours with no reception because I did count it. It wasn't just a day, it was 27 hours. Um, we only got on the Whit Sundays for about two hours, tops. Like, so, you know, we're on the boat for 25 hours, like, cockroaches as well. Like, mm, just not. The food was amazing, though. Like, I don't know what they put in it. It was, like, really basic, but, like, it was really good. So that was out of my comfort zone. 
But on the flip side of that, that night when we were in the wet Sundays and we were anchored, we turned off all the lights and all of us just watched the stars for an hour. We could see the Milky Way. It was so cool. And again, I wouldn't have done that if I was like, hmm, maybe I am brave enough to go and spend a night on a boat. Like, that's an experience I'll never forget. It was almost like a religious experience. I'm not really a religious person. I'm more spiritual. I believe in something, not necessarily a religious entity. But yeah, seeing all those twinkly stars in a way that I'd never seen before. Like, that's that's pretty amazing. I'm not going to be forgetting that image anytime soon. Another point, well, another thing that I learned when traveling. And this applies not just to my backpacking. This applies to when I was staying in Perth as well. Is that you can make friends wherever you go. You you just have to put yourself out there. So when I was backpacking, like, we were tight-knit. Like, you, we didn't really have a choice but to socialise. But I'm so glad that I did. Because, you know, you have to, you know, let your personality shine. And you have to be interested in new people. Not that I'm not interested in new people. I phrased that really badly. But, you know, you have to be open to building connections. Making new connections. Because as much as, like... It is solo traveling. It's really not because you're meeting new people all the time and you have to be open to that. Like it is quite an enriching experience and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Australia because I wanted to meet cool people and I wanted to build connections and make these amazing memories. But I could only do that if I put myself out there. So for instance, um, when we were backpacking, you know, going on, there was opportunities to go to like the Bottolo or stuff. Um, the bottle is what Australians call bottle shops. They actually have drive-through bottle shops over there. They do have an immense problem with drink driving, so you know it's funny that. But yeah, they end everything in an O, which is a very endearing trait. But you know, it was like there were other things in the tour that like we didn't have to do. It was like, oh, if you do them, then you know you've got another opportunity to socialise. So like a bottle run, going a walk, doing activities that aren't included in the trip. You know, having ideas that sort of thing like putting yourself out there and being like okay yeah I'm just gonna go the extra mile and I'm gonna see what comes of it when I was in Perth it was very difficult to make friends because um like I was staying with my family um my cousin he spent most of his time with his girlfriend so although and I was friends with her but my social circle was them so I had to go into Facebook and lots of people do this you put a cringe post about yourself you type in working holiday chat or like Irish in Perth or Irish in Sydney I'm not Irish I don't know why I'm saying this but there was a lot of Irish chats as opposed to Scottish or British um and you know you find your people that way find your area and you put a little post about yourself um don't disclose too much information because you know internet but you put your likes put your interest you put a photo so people know you're not a catfish and you know people say like oh you know I want to do that or oh I want to try this thing or that thing or the next thing or what have you they build friends that way. So I went to a social night. I went to a traffic light night. Wasn't today. But I went to a traffic light night and there was this group of girls standing outside the building. I could see that we couldn't really get in. There was quite a few people there, but for some reason I was drawn to these girls. Um, and I started talking to them. I spent the entire night with them. They were Irish. They were great. I hope we keep in touch. And then afterwards I met their family and I met their partners and I met their extended friends. And it was just like, Literally just by showing up, but by having the guts to do so, I've built a network here. Like, I've laid roots here now. And it was as simple as a Facebook post. Still a daunting concept, but you just have to do it. You just have to get your head around it and you just have to do it, essentially. 
And another advantage of making friends is that you maybe learn the pitfalls and you learn what to do and things like that. So, you know, we talk about housing, we talk about jobs, talk about licenses, like, because like I said in the previous point, everybody's going through the same thing. And if you can get like insider knowledge as such, if you can learn, oh, they did it this way, they'd recommend doing it that way, stuff like that, like bus routes, for example, oh, it's better to get to this place by going this way, that sort of thing, really mundane stuff. But it does help because everyone's learning. It's a new area for people like that. Obviously, it'd be different if I was making friends with Australians, which I did as well. But it's also, you know, reassuring to know that, again, everybody is in the same boat. I also learned that, you know, the cliche, you'll find yourself when you solo travel. I learned that you won't find yourself, but you will learn new things about yourself. I never went traveling with the expectation like, oh yeah, I'm really going to find myself in Australia. I really didn't. I can see myself there still because it's a great lifestyle there, but I didn't find myself. I didn't feel like there was a part of me missing that I needed to go traveling to find. I didn't feel like I was broken and that traveling would fix me. But I do feel like I've really worked on my relationship with myself. And I really need to journal this because sitting in my childhood bedroom right now recording this, like, it feels very full circle. But I did. I learned new things about myself and I did deepen my relationship with me. And that was such a rewarding experience that I don't think money can buy. Like, that's sort of adding to the whole like oh money will come back memories are forever money will come back is that like my relationship with myself is also forever and I really benefited from this trip so yeah it's sort of priceless in a way like challenge the cliche so solo traveling when I was staying in Perth when I moved out of my family's house because I was sharing a room with my 16 year old cousin which obviously I couldn't do forever um it can be a very lonely experience. Like I wasn't speaking to someone some days until like my mum was up and she was responding to me because of the time difference, like into the well into the afternoon. Like that's tough. That is so tough. And I would encourage someone who's thinking about doing a working holiday to think about that, especially if you're going independent like I did. Like that's so hard. Um, but because I was so lonely, it was such a great opportunity for self-reflection and finding parts of myself that I didn't know were there. Like. I was so self-sufficient and I was so self-reliant like there was although I had my family when I moved out they were you know they were quite far away they had jobs like it's a bit different to like moving up the road or moving to a different city in the UK it's like okay if something happens here like I have to support me like this is on me I have to look after me and I'm really good at that and I really love myself for it and I'm really glad that I had this experience to learn that I found a strength that I didn't necessarily know that I had or that I knew that I had but I'd never had to rely upon and then having done that it's like I can do anything now it's like I've lived in Australia by myself I've lived on the other side of the planet away from my family and friends away from everything I've ever known I've done it it was a success in my eyes and I can do it again I can do anything now and that's yeah that's pretty cool However, on the flip side, heartbreak is inevitable. I was very torn up about whether or not to extend my flight again. I've already stated my reasons. But it was like, I was making friends. We were having such cool times together. You know, really laying some foundations down in Perth. Foundations that I still have, arguably. 
but you're constantly meeting new people and you're constantly saying goodbye as well because of that like when I was backpacking I made so many friends who are now scattered across the UK so you know they're a bit closer than my pals in Australia and we still speak and I'm really grateful for that but it was so hard to say goodbye it's like oh this this experience is over now okay like I loved Sydney as well I would love to go back to Sydney I would love to just experience it see different things that I maybe missed when I was there and it's sad knowing that okay that might not actually be for a while it's pretty tough there is also the romantic aspect I obviously didn't fall in love I wasn't really there long enough to fall in love but I did meet someone I was like hmm okay maybe but I I was leaving I was never gonna stay for a boy for a (laughs) maybe maybe if I go back maybe I don't but you see what I mean it's just like you're having these connections and you're having these moments and something that I've tried to contribute to my dating life and I should probably extend to my friendships as well is to just let experiences and relationships just wash through you like you don't own anyone you don't own any experiences you don't owe anyone anything and nobody owes you anything especially in the preliminary stages well in the preliminary stages anyway because once you get to a certain point that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying just let have the experiences let them wash over you and then you know this is a cliche don't cry because it's over smile because it happened heartbreak is inevitable when you're traveling because you fall in love with people you fall in love with places and one way or another one way or another you move on so following on from that my penultimate lesson was that it's okay to be sad after making the right decision I was so torn up over whether to stay or whether to go I had the option of the working holiday visa I can talk more about my experience specifically to the working holiday elsewhere I'm just talking more generically about traveling right now but there was a lot of factors that ultimately led me it was like no it's best to go home right now whether it was the working environment it was the heat it was financial you know all these things combined because like I say I had a flight and when I decided yep that there is a there is a seat I have a seat on a flight home I, I was I was gutted like like I knew it was right because I like I say I was torn up it was literally like a breakup that's what it felt like it felt like my last breakup where I was torn for weeks whether to stay or whether to go ultimately in hindsight it's always better to go but i ended up just flipping a coin because I saw a video that was like if you flip a coin and it lands on the side that you didn't want you will instantly go oh I wanted the other side so I flipped a coin I went heads for home it landed on home and I was like right I didn't have that knee-jerk reaction like oh but I wanted to say I was like right okay I'm going home so but I was gutted because I knew that I was leaving this cool city that's so vibrant and I was meeting all these wonderful people that I've been building connections with and this lifestyle that I've been leading where I'm going to the beach every evening and I'm going out for drinks at the weekend in these cool bars and I'm doing new things and it's sunny and it's nice and everybody's so warm and welcoming but it's not for me right now I have I've booked a flight home in March and I have to take that flight and I was gutted and it is okay therefore to be sad after making the right decision I'm home now and I know it was the right decision. It still sucks because, you know, it's like six degrees here right now today and it's so cold. And it was 36 degrees the day I left. But ultimately that is, that is what drew me to my decision. It was the right thing to do. 
But then final lesson on the flip side of that is that nothing is ever lost. It's only changed. And I've kind of learned this, like I mentioned in the beginning of this video, I'm not a person who likes change. Change is scary for me. I like routine. I like consistency. I like discipline. And when things get thrown up in the air, I get very unsettled. But nothing is ever lost, only changed. And that is why this decision to come home was right for me. Because I can go back. Australia isn't going anywhere. It's literally still there. That sounds so stupid. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's just that, like, it's not like this is the end. It's the end of this chapter, but it's not necessarily the end of the story. I can go back. Or I can go somewhere else. I can now think, oh, I had a wonderful experience there. Where do I want to go next? I'm already planning, you know, mentally my next holiday. I have to earn some cash back because I spent a lot there. But, and again, with like the relationships that I built down there, like they're only a text message away. Yeah, they might not reply for a while because of the time difference. But it's not like they're gone. It's not like it's over. It's not like, you know, curtains down, books closed, fade to black. It's not like that. Again, it's smile because it happened, don't cry because it's over. It's still ongoing. I'm still reaping the benefits of this wonderful experience. And it can change again. Nothing's ever set in stone. So although, yes, I don't like change, I do like the notion that, like, yeah, nothing's lost, only changed. Okay, that is what I learned when I was traveling Australia. Please feel free to send me a DM or a request if you like me to talk more about my specific Australia experiences, particularly on the working holiday and that sort of dynamic, what happened to me when I was working in jobs and things. But otherwise, I hope you enjoyed this video. I hope it resonates with you. Please give this five stars. Please tell your friends. In fact, if you know someone who's thinking about going traveling right now, especially if they're going to Australia, Please send them a quick text message, tell them to listen, tell them to tell other people. That would be fantastic. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next video.